2: Is Joe gone yet? Yeah, Joe Biden put Pittsburgh on the map yesterday. Reporters from all over the network, all the networks were here doing some stand-ups. I saw some of them today and last night, and they played it up big. And history might have been made here. If he becomes president, it will always be here in Pittsburgh where it all started for him, this time around anyway. So maybe we should start taking Joe seriously. Maybe that speech yesterday in Pittsburgh will become a part of American history. Grabian News put together a montage and it was really impressive. Listen.
3: I want to thank uh, uh, Rich Fitzgerald, the county executive, Allegheny County Executive, for being here. And all my time in public life from I've gotten involved, the country wasn't built by Wall Street bankers, CEOs, and hedge, and hedge fund managers. If the enterprise hits hard times, everybody took a hit. Union workers, the UAW, took incredible... Cuts in their future and their and their pensions and the left to get GM working. They also got that last year and try to cut wages or freeze wages for their people. Right today, the same is happening in big hospital in big hospital systems. I think we have to rethink how we define what constitutes a successful economy. Folks in America don't think their children are going to have the same standard of living they had. How can a person dignity be maintained? Be so, why? why they do that? It means investing much more in medical research to, confer, to conquer devastating diseases like cancer and addiction and Alzheimer's. So God bless you all, and may God protect our truth. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Thank you. Uh,
2: yeah, very impressive there. Uh, his inaugural address should be one for the ages. I'm looking forward to that. Uh, and uh, <laughs> he also referred to U-P- UMPC a couple of times, uh, medical you know, U- U- UPMC referred to it twice, I believe, as UMPC, which, uh, you know, is okay. It's a, I guess it's an honest mistake. Anyway, now we're going to do some sports uh, right up till the bottom of the hour sort of sports, anyway. Um, I want to start with this. This, this, this bugged me uh, over the uh, weekend. I didn't get a chance to get around to it yesterday. Um, you know, everybody has, not everybody, but. Everybody on the left has decided that Donald Trump is a racist and you can't that that that's just out there. It's been established. And if you like him, there's a good chance that they consider you a racist. So on draft day, a kid named Nick Bosa was drafted from Ohio State as the number two overall pick in the draft. And so Donald Trump put out this tweet. Congratulations to Nick Bosa on being picked number two in the NFL draft. Uh, you will be a great player for years to come, maybe one of the best. Big talent. San Francisco will embrace you. But important, most importantly, always stay true to yourself. Make America great again. Well, the number one pick in the draft uh, was a black kid. Uh, and his name was Kyler Murray. And so the media, Time Magazine to be specific, put out a, a, a little tweet that said, that uh, Donald Trump took the time to congratulate the number two pick in the uh, uh, in the draft, but uh, didn't he, uh, to, for a white guy. But he didn't say anything about the black guy. So of course that played into the narrative that Donald Trump is a racist. Of course, what they didn't point out until like the ninth paragraph was that uh, Trump has often offered. Praise to athletes who have vocally supported him, which Bosa had done, and shunned those who have spoken out against his presidency. Uh, that includes Trump's friendship with golfer Tiger Woods, whom he praised in social media after the Masters. So I just it was just such a cheap shot. they and It's just moronic and stupid what they did. But I just had to get that out there. Another another, uh, attempt to uh, confirm that Donald Trump is a racist. We'll be back. We're going to talk about paying college football players with a guy from the Washington Post next. If you're an employer, a business owner, if you have five to 100 employees, listen up. The cost of doing business continues to skyrocket, strangling your HR department with more regulations, administrative duties, and liability than ever. I'm John Steigerwald. Your health plan's a big part of that cost. Another year, another 10% rate hike, another $1,000 increase on your deductible, another hospital or doctor you can't go to because they're not in the network. Isn't it time for a change? Well, stop the insanity and call Marley Financial, the most innovative agency in the industry. Put an end to the annual increase. Give your employees a national network that all hospitals accept and reduce your monthly premiums by 20 to 30%. It doesn't matter when your renewal is. Marley can help today. Call 724-884-1496. Marley Financial, 724 884 724-884-1496. Have you heard the crack of the bat? The cheers of the crowd? Have you seen the smiles on the faces of the players as they take the field? I'm not talking about the Pirates. I'm talking about what's happening in Moon Township that can only be described as a miracle. This is John Stigerwald. With the help of Pirates Charities and people like yourself, the Miracle League of Moon Township has broken ground on a brand-new ball field and adaptive playground where athletes with special needs can play regardless of their ability. At miraclesinmoon.org, you can see the stunning plans for the 9,500-square-foot playground and state-of-the-art ADA-compliant restroom facility with showers, wave technology, multi-level fountains and sinks, mechanical changing tables, and more. It's incredible. Our goal? To raise the remaining funds they need to bring it home by first pitch this September. Check it out at miraclesinmoon.org slash donate and make your tax-deductible gift today. That's miraclesinmoon.org slash donate.
4: This message paid for by Robinson Town Center, a Zamias Properties Entity. Are you about to pay double for new windows, siding, or doors? If you haven't called Windows Are Us, you just might. Many companies are overcharging area homes and businesses nearly double. With over 50 years in home remodeling, Windows R Us is more than a window company. They're the area's premier exterior replacement company for roofs, gutters, siding doors, and, of course, windows. Windows R Us will never overcharge. You'll love their no-pressure approach, straightforward pricing, and the fastest turnaround in the business. Right now, get zero interest for 12 months and up to $20,000 on new vinyl, fiberglass, or wood windows. With options like triple-pane glass and names like Pella, no hidden fees or surprises ever. Your no loophole lifetime warranty covers everything, including glass breakage, at no additional cost. Mention AM 1250 with your free estimate for an exclusive 10% off. Why pay double? Visit the area's premier exterior replacement company, WindowsRSPittsburgh.com.
5: If you take a look around your hometown, you might notice that there seems to be a mattress store on every corner, each with a different sale every weekend where do you start and how do you know if you're actually getting a good value here at the original mattress factory what you see is what you get you'll find our hand-built high-quality mattresses at the same great price every day stop by one of our local factories or stores to experience the original mattress factory difference great beds
6: no bull. the gimmicks the flashy sales and the big markups mattress stores have made the mattress shopping experience confusing on purpose Ron Traczynski started the Original Mattress Factory to create a better way. He raised the bar on quality, offered hand-built mattresses for a fraction of the cost, and ditched the high-pressure sales tactics, all to create a better mattress buying experience for you. You could say he was the Original Disruptor. Stop by an Original Mattress Factory store or visit us at OriginalMattress.com to see the OMF difference for yourself.
0: You're listening to The John Steigerwald Show on AM 1250. The Answer
2: well, now that the NFL draft is over, lots of really good football players are going to start getting paid, finally. There's been a movement to start paying them while they're in college, but it doesn't seem to be something that's going to happen anytime soon. Kevin Blackestone is a columnist for the Washington Post. He wrote about that today. You've also seen him on ESPN's Around the Horn. He joins us now. Kevin, thanks for being here. No problem. How are so, you? Good, good. Uh, listen, I, I saw your piece on uh, uh, the, the um, Dabo Sweeney Getting ninety three million dollars a year, and I, I guess um, that that subject's been out there for a while that the college kids should be paid. But the more they start paying these coaches, the more likely that people are going to raise this question. Um, in my, I, I just so you know, from I, I've been saying that I, I thought for years in my columns and on radio and TV that I think college football and basketball are is are a cesspool and so i'm not a big fan of what's going on in college football and basketball with a lot of the uh, corruption and the money but i i do have i i i have questions about um whether the players should be paid and here and i know you think they should based on your call but here's here's my here's my question uh and it's not it's more of a statement than a question i guess um you you had um uh guys play for the for the senators uh bryce harper for example he didn't he didn't go to college we've had we have gregory polanco here we have uh, uh starling Marte. they're all making nice money they never set foot on a college campus and uh it's is the problem i guess getting around to asking you is the problem that football and basketball players have their ability to make money in their sport tied to their ability to do academics Hockey and baseball players don't have it. Nobody's asked Sidney Crosby what his you know, uh, SAT score was.
7: Right. Well, sure, that's, that's part of the problem, um, that there isn't a minor league system uh, for football and basketball like there is for um, baseball. But nonetheless, you have a de facto um, minor league system in college football and college basketball. And those de facto minor league systems are raking in um, hundreds of millions of dollars in revenue off the backs, the blood, the sweat of these, uh, of these athletes who are for, um, uh, who are all, for all intended purposes uh, locked into the system. They just don't have uh, many options if they don't want to participate. So uh, that's why it's a that's why it's a it's a real problem, Um, and the the other question is the connection to higher athletics because um, there's no you won't find a college or university um, in the country that has as its mission statement um, bringing in tens of millions of dollars. No, from uh, college sports. So it's really it's it's no longer. the uh, uh, it, it's no longer the part of college of the college life that it that it was a hundred years ago.
2: Yeah, and you know, I'm just so you know, I'm I'm old enough to. My dad took me to see Mike Ditka play at Pitt, and when he played both ways, he was a defensive end and a tight sure. end. And Mike Ditka went to Pitt. Uh, he's going to be 80 years old, I think, this year. He went to Pitt because they had a good dental school, um, <laughs> and that does you don't hear that too often these days.
7: No, no, you don't. I mean, uh, kids choose to go to uh, outstanding athletes, uh, choose to go to um, a college or university um, based on that coach, um, based on uh, how often they may be on television, um, based on how often that team that they're joining um, may have been uh, to a bowl game, uh, to the conference tournament, um, to the national tournament, um, that sort of thing. Um Based on which school uh, might have the best track record of getting them into the getting into the, the, the pros, either the NFL or the NBA, uh, that's why they make these these choices.
2: Now, I, I, I tend to blame the um, the NFL and the NBA more than I blame the colleges because. They sure. are the ones preventing yeah, these that, kids from playing, and they're the ones who don't have their own minor league and depend on the colleges to do it. I, they're both at fault, but I, I think it's more on the on the on the uh, leagues.
7: Yeah, is there uh, there is in terms of the rules, but at the end of the day, the schools are still benefiting from uh, from all the money that these that these uh, folks bring in. These these young men um, uh, bring in. And let's not forget, you know, uh, upwards of 60% of these athletes are black males. Right. Which is very unusual given the fact that um, rarely is there more than, or overall, um, black male enrollment on college campuses, major college campuses, is about 3%. Mm -hmm. So most of them are there to... Uh, to produce revenue for the athletic, uh, machinery, uh, and the, and the university, um, on which that machinery exists. So you've got that situation, uh, that situation as well, which is why, um, some of us may refer to this as a, as a plantation system, uh, at worst, or, um, an indentured servitude system, uh, at the least. So, uh, but at the end of the day, the, the the problem right now is with is with college sports. They're raking in all this money. Everybody in it gets paid, except for the except for the athletes. Sure, they get room, board, and tuition. Um, sure, the uh, sure colleges have uh, in the past few years, because of lawsuits and public pressure, um, are now actually providing um, the full cost of attendance uh, for athletes, which scholarships did not used to cover. Mm-hmm. Um, sure, they've found a few more nickels and dimes uh, in the couches of the uh, NCAA to pay for families um, of, of uh, players who are on championship teams to be able to travel to watch their, their sons play in those championships. Uh, but there is still so much more money that they that they are generating. There needs to be a more equitable um a more equitable uh, structure um, to divide up that money.
2: And is there, there also is an issue, isn't there, though, that uh, the graduation rate is not good? Listen, I, again, I'm an old guy, and I, uh, in 1970, I knew a, a kid who was playing for the university. Well, I'm not going to say where it was, but he was playing for a major college football program. Uh-huh. And um, these guys, I hung out with them down there, and they, uh, every day, and they never went to class. They were football players, and they got passed. If they had a test at noon, they got it. They got the test under their de- uh, door in the dormitory at nine in the morning. This is in 1970, so this is nothing new. They're, and this and these were uh, mostly white guys. And th- there was uh, even back then there was a lot of exploitation going on and and fraud, uh, where they're where they're where they're even claiming that well this kid's getting an education, so shut up about it. But he's not getting that either. In many cases, well, that's
7: the other, yeah, that's the other problem, and uh, it's it's particularly uh, it, it's particularly deleterious for the black male athletes who are tied up in this because their graduation rates are, are lower than everyone else's, and once again, you know, they're not they're not in school um, to be part of the educatee class. They're there to be part of the working class, for which they are not being fairly compensated. Um, and and they are selected to go to schools by the athletic department, um, and their tenure in this, in school is not is not tied to the academic mission of the school. It's tied to the athletic success of the school. So it's a very difficult thing, and and for us to actually think that coaches who whose salaries um, are tied to the success of their teams and the success of their athletes on the field uh, would be overly concerned about their success in the classroom beyond keeping them eligible to play uh, I, I think is uh, is um, is ludicrous um, that's, that's not that's not why they're on campus either so it's a it's a it's a problem it's a situation it's a um, it's an industry uh, that is fraught with all all manner of problems
2: that well, need to be fixed. Well, the, the solution to me, and tell me what you think of this, the solution to me, I know it's ridiculous, it's never going to happen, so it's not really a solution. But to me, the only way that would make it right would be for the NFL and the NBA to have a, a farm system, have farm systems the same as baseball and hockey do. And a kid could make the choice that when he kind came out of high school, am I college material? Uh, do I think I can make it in college? Uh, do I think I can make it in pro sports? And then I make that decision, uh, where do I go? And, and until they have that choice, you're going to have kids going to college who aren't who don't predict. As successful college students, but they're brought in because they're good athletes. And then you, then the academic program is adjusted to them to try to get them through school. And it's, to me, it's just exploitation all around and nobody's benefiting, especially the kids. they the 2% of the kids who make it to the NFL. That's great for them. But what about the kids who were there for four years and get out without a degree or come out with a, a degree and a major that they're not going to make any money with? It's, yeah, it's still that's exploitation.
7: Still, yeah, but. But that still kind of safeguards, um, all of the loot that, that college is bringing in. For example, we know that the NBA, um, has really invested in what they call now their G League, mm-hmm. um, which, uh, and they, and they touted in the offseason the fact that, um, they are willing to pay, uh, uh, three digit, um, or six digit salaries to, um, high school kids who are good enough to play in it. Um, but still, that doesn't answer the question about college. Uh, the fact of the matter is, is that colleges bring in enough money with football and men's basketball that they could have that be a pseudo professional uh, league where the le- laborers actually get paid.
2: But would they still um, have to go to class, Kevin? If
7: you go to well, well, you know that's something that I've I've thought about, and I, I'll point to this. I'll point to this example. A number, of, a number of years ago, there was a story on the front page of the New York Times about the oldest graduate uh, that graduation season at Columbia. And the story was with, that this particular guy was a refugee from one of the Eastern European Wars. And he wound up in New York, and he saw an ad in the paper for a janitorial position at Columbia University, which would allow you tuition remission. Um, to take classes toward a a degree if you took the job Mm -hmm. so he did and it took him like 10 years or whatever or 12 years to get a degree and whatever he got from Columbia University and it was celebrated well I think you could do the same thing uh, with with uh, college athletes you could treat them as the employees of the university that they actually are provide them tuition remission if they if they want to pursue Um, classes, and a degree. And that way you're not making a mockery of the academic side uh, of of the school as it comes to athletes. You're giving them an opportunity to uh, hone their skill in their sport, and you're also giving them the right, which they should have, to share in the income, the revenue that they're bringing into those universities as employees. And on top of that, maybe even more importantly, they'd be able to get health care, they'd be able to get workers' comp, um, uh, which they really don't have right now, and and which is uh, uh, which is frightening when you think about it, because if you suffer CTE in college, right, who's there to take care of you in the future?
2: Yeah. Well, I- again, it, and I, I I agree with what you're saying there, it, but it, in the in a in the perfect world, you would have a team representing Ohio. That had nothing to do right. with college, and it would be playing in a big stadium, and it would be eighteen and nineteen year old kids who are hoping to get to the NFL, and there would be it would have absolutely nothing to do with whether they understand Chaucer, you know, or or can do no, trigonometry. You're,
7: you're absolutely right, but they would be dressed in the same colors. They would be they would they would uh, have the same cheerleading squad. Um, I don't think fans would. Uh, I don't think fans in the SEC. Uh, would care one way or the other. Um, it's still Alabama. It's still Auburn. It's still Mississippi State. It's still Mrs. Ole Miss. It's whoever it is.
2: Yeah, you know, uh, i got about a minute and a half here. Uh, one other thing. I've asked this question a million times. I've never had anybody answer it. Um, you know, the Penguins have, every year, they have guys playing in college who are already drafted by the Penguins. And if you watch the the uh, the Frozen Four, and every year there will be 15 guys playing in the final game who already have been drafted and, and have been in training camps of NHL teams but don't lose their eligibility. It's the same NCAA, but they won't, they won't let right. football and basketball players do it. Why?
7: Um, I'm not exactly sure why, but there are different rules for different sports um, throughout, uh, throughout uh, college, college athletics. Uh, Kyle Snyder, who was the um, Olympic uh, gold medal, um, one of the Olympic gold medal winning um, uh, wrestlers uh, who also won a world championship. I think he took in about $315,000 over the course of a year and a half or something like that. Um, and yet he was able to return to Ohio State and continue to wrestle. So they have different, uh, different strokes for different <laughs> folks uh, depending on the sport. Um, and it doesn't make uh, it doesn't make any sense at all.
2: A lot of things with the NCAA don't make sense, Kevin. I'm out of time. I really appreciate you being on. Thanks a lot, man. Thank you.
0: Thank you. Okay.
2: okay, and we'll be right back. With well, SRN News, I'm Keith Peters in Washington. The situation in Venezuela is being described as tense and fluid, as thousands of flo- uh, Flooded the city of Caracas to protest the government of Nicolas Maduro. White House National Security Advisor John Bolton says the United States wants a peaceful resolution, but he won't rule out a military option. We want, as our principal objective, the peaceful transfer of power, uh, but I will say again, as the President has
3: said from the outset, uh, and that Nicolas Maduro and those supporting him, particularly those who are not Venezuelan should know, is all options are on the table.
2: Armored vehicles have plowed into anti-government demonstrators as troops loyal to Maduro try to restore order after opposition leader Juan Guaido took to the streets in a risky attempt to lead a military uprising against the embattled socialist. On Wall Street, a mixed day as the Dow was up by 38 points, the Dow dropped 67. This is SRN News.
0: When it comes to your pain, many of you might be skeptical, like I was, about ordering Relief Factor. Pat Boone again for this wonderful 100% drug-free supplement designed to help your own body lower or eliminate occasional aches and pains due to aging, exercise, everyday living. I'm not skeptical any longer. The three-week quick start is now discounted to only $19.95. Why don't you let us see if we can get you out of pain, too, at relieffactor.com.
5: Oh my gut, we need to talk about something. Constipation, abdominal pain, and bloating. You tell yourself, it's not that bad. You take laxatives and modify your diet and exercise routine. But thinking about it all the time is frustrating. This doesn't have to define you. If your constipation comes back again and again and you don't know why, then it may be time to seek help. Go to ohmygut.info where you can learn more about your symptoms and get to know your gut. That's ohmygut.info, ohmygut.info.
6: Hugh Hewitt
0: sees good things out of the Trump re-election camp.
6: Donald Trump raised $30 million for his re-election campaign in the first three months of this year, and the Republican National Committee threw in another $45.8 That's a stunning number. A stunning number. Puts into a perspective Bernie's $14 million. Okay, he's only like seven times behind Trump. he's basically broke.
0: The Hugh Hewitt Show, weekday mornings at 6, right before Mike Gallagher at 9 on AM 1250. The Answer.
3: Hunt Associates is your resource for examining the important financial aspects for your retirement plan. Listen to our podcast radio show, Hunt for Retirement, by visiting gwhunt.com. On this week's edition of Hunt for Retirement, we discuss securing lifetime income. Text Hunt to 555-888 or visit gwhunt.com to listen to the podcast now or call 844-366-Hunt for a free copy of the book, Income Allocation and a
0: free retirement income report. One in seven men is diagnosed with prostate cancer in his lifetime. The good news? When caught early, it can be treated. The bad? All treatment options have side effects, like impotence, urinary leakage, and rectal bleeding. New Space Ore Hydrogel is FDA-cleared and clinically proven to help. Men receiving Space Ore Hydrogel are more likely to maintain their normal sexual, urinary, and bowel functions. Visit spaceoar.org or ask your doctor about Space
2: Ore Hydrogel. Getting close to retirement? Experienced a nice Trumponomics bump in your portfolio? Well, we know the market Goes up and unfortunately, we also know it goes down. Don't risk your retirement to market whims. Learn how you can lock in those gains today by spending time with the team at Marley Financial. Todd Marley and the experts at Marley Financial can help you design a retirement plan that is bulletproof against the market's ups and downs. The team at Marley Financial uses a multitude of different techniques to make sure that you have a retirement plan that is tax friendly, stable, and worry free. Oh, and speaking of taxes, did you know that Marley Financial can handle that too? With all the changes in the tax laws, be sure your Taking advantage of the best possible deduction and make sure you know what adjustments to make for your overall financial picture going forward. Call today for a no-obligation consultation to see just how for 25 years the clients at Marley Financial have never had a retirement plan fail. Call 724-884-1496 today. 724-884-1496 or visit them at MarleyFG.com.
0: Stuck in traffic? We've got the answer.
5: Lots of heavy delays on the highways, outbound 28 from Chestnut Street. Route 8 and we also have big delay southbound 79 Washington Pike to South Point Boulevard. Very heavy on the outbound Parkway East Boulevard of the Allies Now to William Penn Highway and slow inbound 2nd Avenue to the Fort Pitt Tunnel. Busy also on the Parkway West on the outbound side from Banksville Road to Carnegie and inbound Carnegie we've got an accident off to the shoulder. That's a look at traffic. I'm Jenny Robinson. AM
0: 1250. The answer. Weather.
1: Plenty of clouds this afternoon. A few peaks of sun from time to time. Our high 65, then mostly cloudy and remaining mild tonight with a low of 57. Clouds and some intervals of sun tomorrow becoming breezy and warmer with a shower and thunderstorm in the area, high 82. And for Thursday, mostly cloudy and warm with a couple of showers and a thunderstorm likely, especially in the afternoon with a high of 77. With your accurate you weather forecast, I'm meteorologist Joe Lundberg.
0: The John Steigerwald Show, AM 1250, The Answer.
1: Well, you've heard of the ERA. You remember
2: that? And we're not talking about earned run average here. It's the Equal Rights Amendment. It was almost uh, ratified as an amendment to the Constitution back in the 80s, but it fell three states short. Uh, the push is on to try again. There was a hearing in front of the House Judiciary Committee today. Inez uh, Stepman of the Independent Women's Forum was uh, paying close attention. She joins us now. Thanks for being here, Inez. Thanks so much for having me. So how did the meeting go?
5: <laughs> um well uh, there was a lot of silly talk um unfortunately the the witness roster was very biased right so we had two democratic politicians who are obviously very much in favor of the era um we had two expert witnesses or i should say one expert witness the law professor and another quote unquote expert witness uh, patricia arquette an actress um so they are both very very strongly in favor and then the republicans were allowed one witness um uh professor Elizabeth Coley from the University of Florida Law School. And she was too fantastic in laying out the legal issues with ratification. But she said very early on, I'm not going to speak to the merits of the ERA itself. So there were no witnesses um, and no testimony actually opposing the content of the ERA at this hearing. So it went about how you would expect, given the fact that it was set up um, all in one direction.
2: So you are opposed to the ERA. How could anyone be opposed to the Equal Rights Amendment. It's equal rights. Come yes. on, Ines.
5: <laughs> yeah, that's, that's definitely what we hear, right? Um, and, and I think it's very misleading because the proponents are really making two completely incompatible arguments to different people and hoping that nobody will actually watch them make totally opposing arguments to another group, to supporters, right? So to supporters... Proponents of the ERA are saying this is going to um, shore up Roe v. Wade. This is going to um, expand abortion rights uh, under the Constitution. This is going to um, have all kinds of far-reaching consequences uh, about social issues, for example, the draft. And, and also um, this is going to fix equal pay somehow, the, the, the pay gap, um, which is actually a result of women's free choices. But it's gonna, it's going to fix all of these things. Um, and then when they're talking to the average American, proponents of the ERA say, no, 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 this is just about basic legal equality. It's not just about basic legal equality because we have that already. It's either unnecessary or it's, it's just handing a very broad um, text to a federal judiciary to interpret however they want and smuggle in basically a, a far left or a progressive agenda through this very, very broad language that we're handing over to the judiciary.
2: So you wrote that it's a symbolic nullity, which is a word I was not familiar with, uh, a mere celebration of the basic legal equality women have long since achieved, or it will accomplish the laundry list of progressive priorities from vindicating Me Too to fixing the alleged pay gap, which is what you just said. Uh, but you say it can't be both, right? That's a, They want it to be both. Right. Well, they
5: really want to tell... Um, one story to their base and another story to average Americans. What they want to tell average Americans is exactly what you said, right? Who could oppose equal rights? I mean, I, you get 90% plus in polls when you ask Americans, should men and women have basic legal equality? Should they be equal under the law? 90 plus percent of Americans say, of course. And by the way, we already have that. Um, we've had it for a long time. Um, and, and that's protected from everything from the Constitution and the Bill of Rights to the Fourteenth Amendment in the Constitution, um, and then to actual uh, positive law, right? So federal law protects um, legal sex equality, uh, protects against uh, discriminating based on sex, for example, with regard to pay. Um, and, and state law also protects all those things. So there's there's either it's totally unnecessary, right? Because we have protection from the constitutional level, the federal level, and the state level for women's equality, basic equality. Uh, but the reality is they tell supporters something else. They tell supporters that this is going to accomplish, basically, the progressive social agenda. Um, and one of the things I find particularly ironic is that the majority of the electorate in almost every election in recent memory is made up with the majority of women or women. So we're actually taking a lot of these contentious social issues out of the hands of a majority female electorate, out of the hands of female voters and handing them the judiciary to do whatever they want, regardless of the impact, um, input of those female voters. And of course, male voters as well. But I, you know, the, the the principle here is, this is kind of an irony, right? In the name of women's rights, we're going to take the power away from female voters and give it to black-robed judges.
2: Well, those judges sometimes can be um, opposed to the very things that they want. If you The judges right now on the Supreme Court or would not be likely to uh, rule in their favor?
5: Um, Well, it just depends. First of all, you know, we have originalists on on the the, um, Supreme Court, at least on the right of the Supreme Court. We have textualists, originalists. If this amendment was actually passed, it would become part of the Constitution, and those conservative justices would be obligated Ah, to enforce it as such. Okay. Um, So this this is in large part about um, trying to enforce what has been until now um not a five justice proposition right some of these more extreme interpretations of um of the equal protection clause with regard to sex discrimination um or even like other kinds of discrimination so there's actually the danger if you look at supreme court cases right now and one of the cases that is up for for re- review this next term um that the word sex might actually no longer refer to in in some justices interpretation no longer refer to men and women it could refer to gender identity and that um, would apply also to the word sex in the era and so you could see the era actually being used to in- it essentially destroy for example women's sports at public schools right mm-hmm. because if you allow biological men um if you must allow constitutionally under an era biological men to compete in women's sports right that's basically the end of women's sports um it's not possible for, for biological women to compete on uh, contests that require strength um, and physical prowess with men on a regular basis. Yeah. Um, but, but it would also, you know, everything about the bathroom debate, all of yep. these things in public facilities, those would all be in, in play if we had an ERA.
2: And it's um, uh, so funny you bring that up because I, I'm sitting here right now with a story that producer Aaron uh, uh, came, gave to me. I had actually, I think I saw this before, but uh, the headline is: Trans athlete demolishes four women's powerlifting world records. What a shocking uh, development that is, huh? <laughs> that a man would come in and just destroy women's records in lifting heavy things—that's just amazing that that would happen. But uh, yeah. yeah,
5: that's uh, that's surprising only to academics, right?
2: Yeah, yeah. Well, so um, this this th- that's the kind of thing when you talk about the sweeping consequences. Uh, there are a lot of people out there, there have to be a lot of people out there on the left, uh, that's exactly what they want, is sweeping consequences, maybe including having tr- uh, you know, men come in and, and destroy women's powerlifting records. They, they, that seems to be what they want to have happen.
5: Well, this is the end result of an ideology that wants men and women to be exactly the same in all cases, right? And a lot of the, the things that the left is promising to supporters of the ERA, are the the end of, essentially, um, government uh, programs or laws that treat men and women in what I would say is a very reasonable way, given the biological differences between them, right? So, for example, we separate girls and boys bathrooms, even leaving aside, you know, the trans accommodation issue. um, We separate boys and girls bathrooms because boys and girls are biologically different, and, and it's safer for everybody and and there's less embarrassment involved if we separate boys and girls. Would that be constitutionally infirm under an ERA depends on, on how liberal the judge is. Right. Um, And and there are all kinds of issues like that because there are literally hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of places in federal law that recognize the biological reality that men and women are different. I'll give you just one more example. Um, The social security Spousal benefits program, right? So um, Social Security also offers some benefits uh, to spouses even if they didn't work and pay into Social Security. Um, for example, if you were a stay at home mother um, and you never drew or paid into Social Security, uh, you nevertheless can draw spousal benefits on your husband's Social Security, okay? Mm-hmm. Um, the text of that law was changed to say spouses rather than dependent wives. Um, but but uh, as, as high a person as uh, Ruth Bader Ginsburg, Justice Ginsburg, has said that that kind of cover-up of just changing the, the, the language to make it gender-neutral on its face would not be enough to save it from scrutiny under an ERA-type system. So she actually said that the Social Benefits Program was an unfair uh, advantage or sponsorship of stay-at-home wives and mothers and therefore would be a violation of this principle of equality. Uh, well, so even programs like that could be constitutionally infirm under an ERA.
2: So it, it gets complicated, and, and you know, just from what you're saying, it the, the the fights that it would cause, the people who would try to um, gain advantages or gain do a, um, achieve some of these progressive goals by virtue of uh, the Equal Rights Amendment would then lead to, at, at some point, if it got to reach a level of absurdity, which it has potential to do, could could actually uh, cause you to uh, want to have it repeal the Equal Rights Amendment. That would be the next thing we'd go through for 30 years.
5: Yeah, I mean, and it's very, very, we'd have to repeal it, just like we repealed the, uh, repealed prohibition, right? We'd have right. to pass another amendment, and that's an yep. extraordinarily high bar. And it's actually a bar that the ERA proponents are trying to circumvent by using these 35 ratifications that happened all the way back in the 70s. And their claim is that they've gotten two states to ratify since 2016. They're looking for their third. And their contention is all they need is one more state to ratify this and that they can count those states right alongside the ones that ratified more than 40 years ago
2: 1972 yeah so thir- yeah. 35 are, states yeah. ratified it in 72 which meant at that time it fell three states short they've since added two but they added two just a few years ago and still need a third to make it 38 but you're saying there will be a court fight uh, as to whether they can uh uh count the 35 they got 45 47 years ago
5: that's right. Um, and under their theory, their legal theory that they're advancing, there's basically no way for the American people to actually ever reject any kind of constitutional amendment. So um, they also are saying that there are five states that either put sunset clauses or um, since have rescinded their ratification out of that original 35. They said, we don't want to ratify this amendment anymore. Um they're saying that that is not constitutional, that it's a one-way ratchet. That's a direct quote from the legal witness uh, today at the hearing, that it's a one-way ratchet. And under that theory, given the fact that they think that it can extend for an endless number of years, we could see amendments ratified that are never even able to garner even a bare majority of the American people or of the American voters at any given time which does seem to violate the essential spirit of Article 5 in the amendment process, right? The entire idea is that if something um, is so overwhelmingly popular among Americans that they so overwhelmingly believe is correct, that they can meet this very high bar of um, of three-quarters of the states ratifying and two-thirds in the, H- in the House and Senate, then it ought to become an amendment. But if you can do it drip, drip, drip over time and nobody can ever rescind, I mean, you can do it without a majority even. All you need is a majority in one state at the end.
2: Yeah, there's nothing that the left likes more than abortion. What would the uh, Equal Rights Amendment's effect be on abortion?
5: So, um, there, there's, uh, again, proponents will say one thing to one group of people and uh, something else to another. So even within the hearing today, we saw uh, the chairman, um, Chairman Nadler, and um, uh, some of the witnesses literally contradict themselves within the hearing about what the impact of this amendment would be on abortion. So there is evidence in the states um, that this could greatly expand abortion rights. So some states have ratified into their state constitutions basically the same language that the ERA proponents now want to put into the federal constitution. Um, and so, for example, in some of those states, uh, there have been state Supreme Court cases that said, for example, in that state's version of Medicaid or Medicare. I mean, yeah, really Medicaid because Medicare 65 and up, not dealing much with, no. with unintended pregnancy. <laughs> But but with Medicaid, they're saying that it would have been a violation of the ERA not to pay for abortion because that would have been discrimination against women and therefore a violation of this quote-unquote equality principle. So there have been actual state cases that say that it is unconstitutional on the state level because the state has this ERA for the state not to pay for abortion. Wow. Right. That, that would be a big expansion. I mean, on the federal level, we, we have this supposed firewall. We don't We don't have federal dollars going directly to fund abortion under an ERA. If if the Supreme Court would rule similarly to the way that state courts have um, at some point, we could see it become unconstitutional for the federal government not to pay for abortion.
2: Well, I have like 20 seconds just real quick. And as what happens next, they've got there. They're going to be
5: looking. Yeah, they're going to be looking to pass this in the House. Um, This drops the the uh, language with the deadline from 1982 um, so it would say, recognize all of those ratifications that have happened since then, um, and then they will wait for a majority in the Senate. And they're arguing they need just a bare majority. They just need 50, 51 senators to vote um, in favor of dropping this ratification language, and they need just one more state. Now, that'll get kicked to the courts, but that's what they're arguing, that it's down to a bare majority in the Senate and one more state, and they're going to completely transform our American uh, constitutional system.
2: Wow. And as Stepman, thank you very much for being here.
5: Thanks so much for having
2: me. Okay, that's Inez Stepman of the Independent Women's Forum. We'll be right back.
1: She never stumbles. She's got no place to fall. She never stumbles. She's got no place to fall. She's nobody's child. The law can't touch her at all. Have you heard the
2: crack of the bat, the cheers of the crowd? Have you seen the smiles on the faces of the players as they take the field? I'm not talking about the Pirates. I'm talking about what's happening in Moon Township that can only be described as a miracle. This is John Stigerwald. With the help of Pirates Charities and people like yourself, the Miracle League of Moon Township has broken ground on a brand new ball field and adaptive playground where athletes with special needs can play regardless of their ability. At miraclesinmoon.org, you can see the stunning plans for the 9500 square foot playground and state of the art ADA compliant restroom facility with showers, wave technology, multi level fountains and sinks, mechanical changing tables, and more. It's incredible. Our goal? To raise the remaining funds they need to bring it home by first pitch this September. Check it out at miraclesinmoon.org slash donate and make your tax deductible gift today. That's miraclesinmoon.org slash donate. This message paid for by Robinson Town Center, a Zamias Properties Entity. Hey there, gun lovers.
6: Here's an exciting opportunity to celebrate your Second Amendment freedoms at the number one destination for American gun owners. It only happens once a year, so don't miss out. This is your chance to claim your discounted tickets to the Concealed Carry Expo coming to Pittsburgh the weekend of May 17th through the 19th. It'll be an action-packed three-day event at the David Lawrence Convention Center you don't want to miss. Text EXPO to the number 87222 right now to lock in your discounted tickets and to learn more. It's that easy, and you'll get exclusive access to check out new guns and gear, a free live fire range, reality-based training simulator, training, and much, much more. Plus, if you register right now, you'll also get your free responsibly armed American t-shirt made by Nine Line Apparel. It's a high-quality shirt with a limited edition design. But that ends very soon. Don't get left behind. Hurry and text EXPO to the number 87222 to get your tickets now. That's the word EXPO to the number
1: 87222. Do you or your business have financial problems? Are you overwhelmed with debt? Then call me, Attorney Dennis Spirate, 412-471-7675. My legal practice concentrates on bankruptcy law, debtor rights, and tax matters. I have over 30 years experience as a former United States Department of Justice bankruptcy attorney and lawyer in private practice. I have represented thousands of cases faced with financial problems and lawsuits. This experience has provided me with the unique knowledge to assess and draft a plan of recovery for your financial problems. I can stop home foreclosures, repossessions, creditor lawsuits, and tax collection. Reorganize and get a fresh start. I have numerous office locations in the Pittsburgh area. Call and schedule your free consultation today at 412-471-7675 or visit my website at dennisspira.com. Don't delay. Call 412-471-7675. That's 412-471-7675.
2: Getting close to retirement? Experienced a nice Trumponomics bump in your portfolio? Well, we know the market goes up, and unfortunately, we also know it goes down. Don't risk your retirement to market whims. Learn how you can lock in those gains today by spending time with the team at Marley Financial. Todd Marley and the experts at Marley Financial can help you design a retirement plan that is bulletproof against the market's ups and downs. The team at Marley Financial uses a multitude of different techniques to make sure that you have a retirement plan that is tax friendly, stable and worry free. Oh and speaking of taxes did you know that Marley Financial can handle that too? With all the changes in the tax laws be sure you're taking advantage of the best possible deduction and make sure you know what adjustments to make for your overall financial picture going forward. Call today for a no obligation consultation to see just how for 25 years the clients at Marley Financial have never had a retirement plan fail. Call 724-884-1496 today. 724-884-1496 or visit them at MarleyFG.com. This is the John Steigerwald Show on AM 1250, The Answer. So we've had kind of a sports theme uh, for a good part of the show today. I'll finish up with this. I, uh, I mentioned this story about the trans athlete demolishing four women's powerlifting world records. Uh, and this person's name <laughs> is Mary Gregory. This person had the nerve to pick the name Mary. But anyway, it's Mary Gregory. So I went on just now. I Googled it, and I'm looking at my computer here, and I just pulled it up. And Mary looks – the picture that I'm seeing here is of Mary lifting the barbells. And I think Mary looks a lot like Mike Webster. If you remember Mike Webster (laughs) – who played for the Steelers. That's what Mary looks like, and he came in there and just destroyed. They he won set. He didn't just win the event. He set world. Uh, she, I'm sorry, Mary set world records for women's squat, women's bench press, and women's deadlift. And a one of the female Olympians uh, said it's pointless. Uh, it's it was. Conde- she condemned it. And called it a pointless, unfair playing field where biological women are beaten by bo- biological men who identify. As transgender women. So this Mary person said, what a day. Nine for nine. Masters World squat record. Open World bench record. Masters World DL record. Deadlift, that is, I guess. Masters World total record. Mary Gregory posted on Instagram. Way to go, Mary. This is just, come on. This this is just... It's it's almost like if somebody was had been in a coma for like ten years and just came out of it like today and then read this story and said this person is now named Mary and set the women's he would he'd think he was he had, had uh, awakened in hell what's going on it's beyond stupid I'll will talk to you tomorrow. The John Stagerwall Show
0: is a production of AM 1250 The Answer and Salem Media Group.